Welcome to the Black and Green Podcast. It's your go-to place to find the latest high-quality, all-natural products created by Black artisans. Hosted by yours truly, Dr. Kristen H., the founder of Black and Green, we'll discuss all things health, wellness, self-care, and of course, self-love. This podcast features a refreshing lineup of guests, from entrepreneurs and artisans to holistic lifestylists and clean beauty experts, and a plethora of other innovators within the wellness industry. Join me as we learn from the best of the best. Hi, thank you guys for joining the Black and Green Podcast. I'm so excited about the very interesting conversation we're going to have today. We're going to turn this podcast on the head and Eve Carr is going to ask me questions instead of me asking her questions. I'm so excited to see where this goes. Eve Carr, can you introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. This is Eve Carr, CEO and co-founder of Crayol Essence. We make organic and natural beauty products with ingredients from Haiti. And I am so excited to have an opportunity to spend time and exchange information and ideas with you today, Kristen. We haven't caught up with each other um, since your accident. So as soon as I got on, the first thing I thought about is I need to know what's going on with you. I need an update um, just because I am so proud of what you've done with Black and Green. Um, and I like to know the story behind the brand founders who are making an impact in our community. Oh, thank you so much for having that thought and being like thinking about that. I think that's what makes Black and Green different is that when people are purchasing products from Black and Green, they're supporting Black women entrepreneurs. They're supporting people. They're supporting stories. And I love the podcast because at the end of the day, we're just two women trying to make it in this world um, and trying to do our best way to do that. We're people. We're humans behind it. We aren't some big corporation. So I I love the connection to people that we get to get with Black and Green. Awesome. So the last time we saw each other, we were at the Indie Beauty Conference. And I'm curious how things have been after the accident. What have you felt is most important for you to continue to do with Black and Green? Yeah. So um, if you guys don't know who are listening, I was in a car accident in the middle of the summer of 2019, I was in a coma for a month and I had to learn everything all over again. I had to learn how to walk. I had to learn how to talk. I had to learn how to eat. I had to learn how to drive. I literally had to learn everything again. I said that um, one of the things my husband said, I think was a great way to put it. He's like, I was almost like I was going through adolescence all over again. Mm. So as soon as I came out of my coma, I was like a two-year-old. And I was asking for my brother a lot and I was playing little games and tricks with him because at that point, I was a two-year-old. Mm-hmm. And so I, I kind of got to do my whole maturation again in the year, which wow. was like, you know, which can be very um, disheartening for the people watching it because now here's your 30-something-year-old daughter acting like a five-year-old, um, <laughs> which it, it happened. And so I, I I matured through again, and it took about a year and a half where I get back to the point where I am functioning and walking like my age. I know how to do everything I knew how to do. I know I I got discharged from occupational therapy and physical therapy and speech therapy. And I was doing all those things to get back at the point where I am now. Wow. That's <laughs> powerful. What was the, the thing or things that helped to accelerate that growth process, right? So you essentially took something that was done over 30 years and did it in a year. Exactly. What, does, what did that do to your psyche, your personal and mental well-being, and what supported you through that process? Uh, gosh, that's a really good question. I think it was tough. 
Um, there was a time where I played around with, well, not played around with, I felt that I wasn't smart anymore. I felt like because mm-hmm. of my injury, because of my memory, I was no longer intelligent. And mm-hmm. so I had to kind of fight through those emotions, working with my therapist, help me process the things I'm going through and understand that that memory is not a sign of intelligence. And mm-hmm. so I had to work through all of that and say, okay, what is my core passion? I also think it made me think about life and death in a much different way. I think death being so close to me by the doctors who were there, they would all, they would say I was, I was one of the most traumatic brain injuries that they had ever seen. And they kind of, they prepared my parents and my spouse and my son that I may not ever be, I may not ever be myself again. Mm-hmm. I may always be um, irrespons- like, irresponsive to things. I may not ever talk. I may like be in a vegetative state for like a while. So they prepared them for that. And so I think by going through that, my memory of it is very, I don't remember a lot about it. Although I do have a memory where my dad's mother, who I had never met, mm-hmm. um, when I was in my coma, I met her and we talked and she looked at me and she said, now's not your time. Ooh. That's the only memory I have. Hmm. And then I told my dad that and he think that's so crazy. She said, now's not your time. I think that's powerful yes. that you were told in the universe and larger beings said, mm-hmm. it's not your time. Yes. And normally when it's time it's because there's something you're placed on earth to do Mm -hmm. so what are you placed on earth to do Kristen you know that is a question I've been trying to understand I've been trying to unpack that I said now it's not my time because I need to be doing something what do I need to be doing and as things are being pulled away from me I was a full-time professor I'm not anymore. Mm-hmm. I, now, I, what am I supposed to be doing? Am I supposed to be a mother? Is my goal supposed to be black and green? And that's what I'm thinking is now. My goal is to empower and enrich the other black women artisans that do not have anyone else to wrap their hands around them. I think that is my goal. When I got out the hospital, I had over 100 applications of people trying to get on black and green. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I need to engage with these people. So that's our process now. I, I couldn't do it right away because yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, girl, what is this mess you're bringing us on to? But as I'm getting things in order, we're going through those applications and bring on these women who have a dream, have a goal, who want to create a product, who want to change the world, but they need a first opportunity. I'm thinking that may be my goal, to create that first opportunity for Black women who want to enter this space, this beauty space, this wellness space, who want to do that. But I don't know. I'm still searching. I, I'm still praying. I'm still meditating. I'm still mm-hmm. saying, let me know. I'm, I'm listening. I'm listening. Just let me know what I'm supposed to be doing. I think it's beautiful that you're able to be candid and also share with folks that you're listening, you're Mm -hmm. open, and you're still thinking about it. Because I think often when one sees a founder of a business or a leader, there's this assumption that you are 100% sure about what you're doing, what you did, and how you're going to go. And that's why you are confidently going in the direction that you are. But oftentimes, leaders, founders, and you know, makers, it's a process and it's a journey. Yes. And it is, it's a hundred percent 
accurate or sure, you're just following the signs, you're following the, you know, the crumbs and, and your intuition and guidance. And that's actually, I think, braver to do than being a hundred percent certain and going ahead. Yes. I think what, what I think my opinion is that a hundred percent sure in moving forward is, is fake. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. we're forced, we're forcing people to believe they have to operate that way. And so they operate that way, knowing deep down they really aren't. I don't think we give people enough grace and enough space to mm. be unsure. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, like you said, it's a process. It's a journey. And we are all looking for the answers. We are not 100% sure. We're on that process of trying to get there. Grace and space. I love that. Mm-hmm. That's tweetable, as Oprah would say. <laughs> we all live in grace and space. Now, as you talk about the process of, you know, growing, healing, walking, Black and Green actually did not go out of business. It kept going. It sure did. So could you talk to us about the team? That it's kept things yours. running and why they kept things running? Oh my gosh, you might make me cry. One of my best friends growing up, I met her in third grade. The second she heard about my accident, she was living in Texas. She hopped on a plane, flew to my house, picked and packed all the orders for me. Wow. Because she said, I know Kristen would not want this to fall, and I'm going to make mm. sure this continues to go forward. Her, this is not her background. Her ba- She's in PR, but she put down everything and came here to run a company with no experience doing that. I just got chills because I thought it was your team that was already in house. Yep. That kept things going. I would have never thought it was someone, a friend who just decided they were going to pick it up on your behalf because they knew you wanted this. That's powerful. Yes. That that's how it works. Of course, my team helped push my social media. Mm -hmm. So my team was still doing my social media stuff. They were still doing my newsletter stuff, that kind of, those pieces, but that picking mm-hmm. back in the orders, my, my friend who flew in to do it. Wow. And I was, it's, it's so funny the way that things work. Right before my car accident, I was talking to fulfillment centers to figure out where I wanted to go. I was getting to the point where I was like, okay, I'm big enough now where it's time for me to move to a fulfillment center. I hadn't moved yet. I was talking to them. I was in conversation with them. So once I got out, was once I was discharged from the hospital, I could start picking those conversations back up and do mm-hmm. it, but it wasn't done yet. I remember because you were looking at specifically Black-owned fulfillment centers yes, yes. that you wanted um, to be. And I, and I found one. I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that you're so intentional. Like your goals, your dreams, your target audience, there's such clarity and love for yes. the Black community. Where did yes. that love come from? Oh, that's a really good question. Now let me think of this, think about this long and hard. Oh, I think I have a very interesting answer to this. My grandmother, my mom's mother, was fighting for civil rights. I think it goes down to, at my core, I think I came from a woman who believed that black women, black women need access. And they get, and she, she was a fighter. She mm-hmm. fought to the day that she died. My mom was fighting to the day that she dies. I'm fighting for the, until the day that I die. And I think each generation wants to be a little bit better than what they, what they had the generation beforehand. So I think it comes down to my core. I think it's in me. I think I was born with it. I was born with a spirit that wants to fight for equality for Black women. Wow. 
Now, as you are on this journey to fighting for black women, you know, after George Floyd, there is this outpour of support for all things black, like black, but it's like really in now. Um, And in our space, which is CPG, consumer products, Mm -hmm. um, beauty and wellness, there's also been lots of activity for retailers and individuals to focus on not only the black consumer, but black artisans, as you Mm -hmm. like to call us, which Mm -hmm. that's what we are. And as you look into the future of black and green, as you're looking to the future of what it is to provide wellness for black women, what do you see? I think I see a day when black and green isn't needed. That's an interesting answer, but I really think I see a day when black and green isn't needed. I see a day when all products are all natural and non-toxic. We have regulations and rules that demand it. Um, the same way that other countries have a lot of rules and regulations, that, but the U.S. does not. Mm-hmm. I think that the U.S. will have those rules and regulations soon. I think there will be a day when all um, marketplaces are looking for black and brown people to put on the shelf. We, we won't need a special um, place because that is not that is going to become common for all marketplaces to do it. So my biggest dream is for black and green to, as a marketplace not to be needed. Mm. And once you're not needed, then how would you continue your purpose? Do you have a vision or an inclination of how you would continue to be of service? Yes. When I dreamed up black and green in 2017, the marketplace was already, always the first step. It was not, not the end all be all. That was always the first step. My second step after the e-commerce marketplace is to migrate into creating a brick and mortar locations of wellness and happiness where people can come in for green juices and for kombucha and for tea and co-work and get a massage and get a manicure, get a pedicure, do a yoga class, work out and be in the community of wellness and happiness and greatness. That's my big picture. If I can make, I can create physical locations when women can connect with each other and feel and feel comfortable doing that. When I got on the wellness journey myself, mm-hmm. I felt isolated and I felt alone because mm-hmm. oftentimes there's the space was white women. And mm-hmm. so I, I want to create a space of wellness and happiness where black women are there. I want to go to yoga class and be in the yoga class of black women. What do you think is the difference between wellness or the experience that you feel when you see wellness with black women versus white women? For me, um, Personally, it's about my inner self feeling comfortable. It's releasing. When I'm in a room of black women, I can release and feel comfortable in a way I cannot when I'm not in a room room with us. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's unique to me, but there's a sense of clarity I feel when I get to be in a room of other like-minded Black women. It, just, it makes me feel whole and complete in a way to actually experience my yoga practice, for instance, where if I'm not in a room with us, I'm going to be on edge. I'm going to feel like something's going to happen. I have to worry. I have to watch. I can't really truly let go. Mm. Now we will pause for a moment of meditation with Dr. Crystal Jones. So whether you're listening to this podcast as you're walking down the street or in your car, in your home, or in your bed, just want you to find a comfortable position where you can relax and take focus on what's happening right now. And as we do this, I want you to focus on your breath. 
Focusing on the fact that your answers are always in your breath. Feeling your breath. Not judging it, but experiencing what it feels like. If you're able to, you can close your eyes. If not, just keep your focus. Notice where your breath is racing through. Where are you trying to meet so many deadlines in life? Notice where your breath is moving in the same cycle or feeling stuck. Where are you in destructive cycles in life? Where are you not changing the script, but only changing the characters in the play? Just take a moment and notice what your breath feels like and how it relates to your life. Deep breath in. And as you exhale, let everything go that's not serving you. Reminding yourself that you can keep anything that you want to keep. You can let go of anything you want to let go of. But honoring your truth in this breath. As you're breathing in, you're creating. As you're breathing out, you're creating space for what it is that you desire. Little by little, letting go of what's not serving you. And honoring the spaces that asks you to hold on at this moment, taking your time and being present. Continue in this breath until you feel like you've let go of everything that's standing in the way of creating what you desire. And as you feel like you've let everything go, bring the awareness back into your body into the space of wholeness, come back into the space of truth, and move forward, knowing that you're whole always, and that you are the one that you've been looking for. So what does your spiritual and wellness practice look like? You've mentioned yoga, so it sounds like that's a very strong and core part of it, but you know, what is Kristen's like top five uh, spiritual practices or wellness practices that you must do? Yes, yoga is definitely an important part of it. Journaling is also something I've been doing uh, more of, trying to process my own thoughts and emotions with myself. Um, journaling more is really important to me. Are you a messy journaler or do you have it like by tabs and written nope. all out? Messy, messy, messy. I'm a messy journaler. I got messy handwriting. You don't know what my journal is. <laughs> it's funny because I've gone back and wanted to find something I, I wrote and I couldn't. I couldn't. You can read find it. it. Yes, I said, oh, here. Lord. Here. I said, oh, Lord, I don't know where this is. Um, also, being around other Black women is a part of my wellness. I like that. Part of um, spiritual practice. That's yeah. Like going out, going to uh, on a, a tea and meeting up with someone and just talking. Doing these podcasts is also a mm-hmm. part of my practices. I've scheduled it to make sure I always do these because they make me feel whole. They make me feel mm-hmm. complete. This is a part of my self-care practice. 
I love that. Now, I know this is going to be controversial, but you got to tell me your top three products. <laughs> <laughs> you knew it was controversial, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> always, it's okay. You, do, you, you yeah. are exempt from saying Crayol Essence Castor Oil <laughs> products at the moment since I'm the one talking to you. But give me three <laughs> items that let's just say it just came to mind. We can tell everybody that she loves all her, her brands. you've been like using in this season I say that asking my favorite product is like asking a mom who's her favorite child child. Mm -hmm. and we know that they'll say I love all my kids the same way but we know there's a favorite so exactly that's what I love my products the same way but I definitely have my products that are better for me (laughs) for me personally because I think the beauty of our products is that there's not one size fits all Mm -hmm. depending Mm -hmm. on your hair type depending on your skin type depending on what's happening in your life so there are better products for certain people every single product I have tried and there's certain products that I love that I keep ordering more and more of. Mm-hmm. For instance, uh, Lodia hair care products are, are products I love. Mm-hmm. And so I, I make sure I use the Lodia products. Your castor oil, even though you said you're exempt, I'm still going to say it. My, <laughs> my husband loves your So he gets mad. And now he compares when someone else, like when we have people applying, they say this castor oil. He said, well, this is not like the Creole Essence castor oil. That one's better. <laughs> I was like, okay, I don't know what makes it different. So I was, just to debate. I was like, I mean, it's just an oil. Okay, no, said, no, it's different. I was like, okay, I guess. We're going to keep him. We're going to keep him. Okay, so those, I love products that are unique in our. Are, like they're hard to find and so like for instance the black girl sunscreen i love that mm-hmm. because i'm such a fan of that it's so a unique it's a unique product they solve the actual problem so i love mm-hmm. products that solve an actual problem so that i love that sunscreen and i mm-hmm. use it every day the way you're supposed to use it yeah. but I think the way that sunscreen operated in the past before black girl sunscreen you couldn't use it every day because you, you have couldn't because it almost face. feels like you're just applying lotion it doesn't yeah. feel like you're even having to put on sunscreen exactly well, i'm moisturizing so it's a simple joy i have it all over my house yep yep me too so i love that product um I, I saw, and then I'm also trying new products. So I have new products mm-hmm. I'm loving that aren't even on black and green yet. Yeah. So um, I'm loving those. Like one, I have a new product I just tried that I really, really like is a face soap. And so mm-hmm. I, I'm used to my face being, my face wash being like a cream or like a gel, uh-huh. but this one is actually a soap. And I really, really like that aspect of it. So that's a new product that I like that. And what the, another reason I like it is so, so easy to travel with. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. easy to travel with. So it's much easier to travel with. Okay. Exactly, exactly. So I'm loving the new products I get to try, and I'm excited about them. Uh, another new brand I just tried has a candle that's not in a, a tin canner and it's not in a glass container she has her candles packaged in a very special way they are not breaking in shipment i love that i have so many issues of candles breaking in shipment but the way Mm -hmm. her candles are packaged they can't break so that's something else i'm really really loving because she's i love it when you solve a problem Yes. Yes. Not just creating a product just to create it, but you really want to solve something that is a a problem and an ailment for your customer. I think that's important. Exactly. Exactly. Now, as a businesswoman, a smart, beautiful businesswoman, um, we're going to get a lot of advice from individuals. Yes. Could you tell me about maybe something someone has advised you that you don't completely disagree with, don't completely agree with, but that you're kind of mulling over that you're yes, thinking about. Yes. The, 
oh, we get so much advice, which is good and bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, it's good and bad because sometimes people think of things you do not think of. So the, the advice you needed. But I think you also need to be able to think for yourself in some ways and like, hear their advice and like process it and think about it. Like, okay, is this going to work for me or is this not going to work for me? You can't just take everything you hear and run with it and you can't push everything you hear and push it down. Mm-hmm. Like it really takes a lot of discernment to figure out what serves you and what doesn't. The piece of advice that I'm still mulling over is the value of black and green doing some some sort of courses or an ebook or doing a, a course of kind of like how to live an all green natural life is something I'm, I've heard about um, that I'm mulling over. Uh, something else I'm mulling over is that I had my second son in the shower while I was at home. So I had all, I did so all. So it wasn't the, planned. It's not like you wanted to give birth at home. Actually, I did. I wanted to give birth at home. So I had my birthing pool out there. I had my midwife was going to call. I had this whole thing set up. But I was in the shower and I'd done all the things that you, mm-hmm. that, especially yogas you're supposed to do when you're pregnant. I've done all this stuff. The hypnobirthing, I did all that. So I was ready to have a home birth. So mm-hmm. I was going down that process. I was ready to do it I was in the shower and I look at my husband and I said I think the baby's about to come he said no 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 it's not about to come I said no baby the baby's about to come <laughs> and then he put his hand down and he said oh my gosh that's the head and wow. so he pulled my baby out here I called my midwife and said hey the baby's here you want to you know come clip the cord and so <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was like a painless situation this first thing I said when I got done, it's like, oh my gosh, this is so easy. I wonder if I should have an, a girl. Mm-hmm. My husband said, you're still connected to this one. Like, <laughs> be present. I was like, okay, you're right. I'm not mad. But the interesting story is, as I tell people that, someone said, you know what would be amazing if you started some kind of, um, in black and green, some sort of like midwife delivery, some kind of course thing. Mm-hmm. So she said, I can do something about a painless, a enjoyable birth. So that's something I'm mulling over. I'm not exactly sure how it fits into the mission of black and green, but mm-hmm. that's something she said can be a, a something we fix or a problem that we saw that we can help solve. So I'm still kind of mulling that one over. Gotcha. What's the advice or the type of advice that you've been rejecting that you've been getting a lot of? What's the type of um, oh I can I know exactly what this is I say black women and people tell me every day to say people of color mm. hmm. talk to me about that what is the distinction in their mind between black people versus people of color and why are you resistant and a hundred percent pushing back to this I've been getting this since day one people wanted me to say people of color I was like no it's for black women because black women are different from people of color. And people people use the term people of color when they mean black women, which I it drives me crazy. I said, <laughs> I said be true to what you're saying. You say yeah, two are not interchangeable. So be clear on which one you are. They're not they're interchangeable. And I'm I'm choosing my lane. Mm-hmm. So you should say people of color and allies. I, I love people in color and allies. I think that they have a lot of complex issues that we need to solve. Like I, mm-hmm. I get that. And I love their support. I get that. That's not what black and green is, though. I got, I get so. I got. I remember sitting in a pitch competition at the very beginning, um, where people said I could not get black women to spend money on healthy products. I, I remember that like it was yesterday. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I can't. Mm-hmm. Oh, I cannot. I kind of want to find this man and say, Oh, I thought you said I couldn't do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll find him. Come on, right. man out there. 
years later, look at all, look at the thousands of women who are buying from black and green and from Crayola Essence and from a number of different, exactly. you he's know, like black nations. He's like, he was trying to, re- to feed to me the narrative that black women will not invest in themselves and said, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. You are wrong. Black women will invest in themselves. And I'm not, I'm unashamed to going to say for black women. Yes. Snap, snap, snap. That is my height. I'm snapping over here. Um, mostly because I love someone who has clarity in their mission, their voice, their thought process, and is unashamed in a world that often wants to either silence us or correct us for our thought process or for or for having different thoughts. Right. Because for me at Creole Essence, I'm also very clear that we are for all people. Like Mm -hmm. I am big on, please don't tell me I can only sell to black women. Exactly. Also want to sell to Latinas and white and Asian, because as a Haitian woman in my community, it's super diverse. And because we've had so many challenges with colorism and this and that, I want to unify, yes. right? Like, but that's my mission and my lane. But it doesn't mean that I have to be like, well, Christian, you need to do the same thing. No, exactly. I'm equally as proud, especially Bingo. as a black woman, Bingo. to be like, there's someone who's championing, who's like, no, this yes. is my lane. We're focused on our black women. Yeah, and I love, and I love your lane too because something that a narrative that you're helping me with is I get questions all the time for white women who said, "Can a black can I, as a white can woman, I use this? Can I use black soap?" We <laughs> <laughs> don't always have jokes like, "Girl, you better watch out. It's gonna turn your skin black." But I mean, <laughs> I'm like, because we don't ask, "Can I use this?" No, we do not. Often had to just try it and. And yeah. pray that it doesn't hurt us. So yeah. it's like if we could be open as black women, sometimes I'm yeah. like, please don't, please don't start with this. Yes, yes. So that, that, that's why I was like, I think it's beautiful to understand there's a lane for everyone. Yes. And the lanes do not need to be the same and they shouldn't be the same. They should everyone not. has a different goal they're trying to meet. I need everybody's got a ministry. Yes. I need you out there to help teach the white women that they can use black soap. Yes. I'm like, please, like ladies, just just grab the black soap, put yes. everything else down, understand why your skin your skin looks so great. Yes, it's our melanin, but also we use amazing products and ingredients from the Yes, world. yes, yes. So grab some moringa black soap. <laughs> <laughs> Now, my final question for you is, you know, there's a lot of talk right now, especially because, again, black is super sexy um, Mm -hmm. for folks to invest in black businesses. When you think about whether you should take on capital, whether you should take Mm -hmm. on investors, what are the things that are that, you know, are pros and cons in your mind? And what have some of the conversations been? Because I want to go beyond that only, you know, less than 2% of black people get VC funds, only 0.5% do X, Y, and Z. But in today's realm where there's a fervor for it, what's what's your thought process and experience been today? Yes, I love this question. I am getting to the point where I'm shying away from taking an investment. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason why I'm shying away from it, I'm not I'm not closing the door, but I'm not searching it. It's because mm-hmm. of there's three reasons. I can see if I can think of all three. The first reason is there's a lot of free money mm-hmm. that I don't need. I, it's not an investment. There's free right. It's money. non-dilutive. It's not yeah. going to take equity yeah. from you. You yeah. can get a grant. 
there's a lot of free money out here because everyone is trying to support black brands. It's like, let me go out to as much of this free grant money that I can find. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that is my, what that's my first reason. My second reason is because my mission is not financially driven. And I'm worried that can bump heads with an investor who's going to be looking at the bottom line. And I'm not operating out of the bottom line. I'm operating out of a bigger goal and a bigger purpose. And I'm fearful that me getting in the bed with an investor is going to pull away from the core of Black Green. Mm-hmm. I don't know if any of this is true, but that's how it feels to right. me. Right, right. And that's for you to be honest and for us to talk yeah. out loud about here yeah. are some of the things that could be of a concern or things that one has to consider. Exactly. If you are looking at bringing, you know, investors in so that we move the conversation beyond, okay, so now we're hot, they want us, but should I take this money? And what do exactly. I need to think about? Exactly. That makes sense. And yeah. I think you're also talking about alignment, which yes. a lot of entrepreneurs forget. And I hear a lot of horror stories about, and I've even had some horror stories around bringing in people who are not aligned with the vision and the goal mm. of the company. So that is something that is critical yes. for you know entrepreneurs and individuals to think about when they're yes. starting a venture. Yes. And then I guess the last question is, what's your relationship with money? How do you think about money then? Because you've mentioned that, you know, the bottom line is not the driving force for your business. But then at the same time, you know, I'm also very passionate about financial freedom, economic development, and um, have a reverence for what one can do with money. So, and I want to see more of us have money. Yes. So what's your relationship with money? Yes. Yeah, so I, my view on money is money is a tool. Money is a tool that has been used to systematically disenfranchise black people. Money is a tool that we can use to empower us. But at the end of the day, it's a tool. And I think that my relationship with money is changing because after my car accident, being so close to death, I understand that money is not something that's going to get all of my attention. And I'm not going to change everything for a dollar. I'm not going to change my core beliefs for a dollar. I'm not going to change who I am for a dollar. So I, I don't, I'm not willing or I'm not willing to change my views or my beliefs. I worked hard enough that I can operate in the world and see money as a tool. But I understand that there's people who cannot do that because money controls them. So I think that is the I see as a tool that's often manipulated and often used to pull people down. And my goal is to use money to push people up. Love it. Kristen, thank you so much for being willing to entertain my questions, for inspiring me today and inspiring those who are going to listen. I mean, some of the things I wrote down that are going to stick with me is grace and space that we need to give ourselves that. Um, I love and really appreciate the, the love that you have for black people. Yes. And, um, you are changing the narrative that, you know, women can't get together where you talk about your peace and part of your self-care practice is being, in the presence of other black women doing yoga, uh, connecting, having tea. And I think that's powerful. And that speaks to the connection between what you love and what you're doing right now. And then lastly, that money is a resource. It's a resource to do what you need to push your mission. Um, And your mission is clearly 
to elevate, promote, and ensure that, and incubate really black indie brands um, and ensure that they have a space where they belong and where customers can go and know a trusted, vetted entity has, you know, supplied them with access to products. So thank you for all that you do. Thank you to your great husband for loving Creole lessons and for also, um, you know, sounding like he, like, again, changing the narrative. Here's a woman who is doing things and there's a black man supporting her. Yes. And I think we need to see that. The fact that you have the kids, you still got the babies. Yes. Um, Again, something else I know that uh, entrepreneurs, particularly women, are often, you know, scared and wondering if they can do. But you're a great example that, you know, it is possible. So I appreciate you. And I thank you for switching this on his head. I think this was beautiful. And I always, someone just asked me if I need a podcast script. I said, no, I don't Mm -hmm. want podcast scripts. I want to just see where it goes and see where it takes us and where it took us today. This is exactly where it needs to be. Thank you for tuning into the Black and Green podcast. Did you have more questions for our special guest? Please leave your questions in the comment section. Also, check us out at blkgrn.com. Please subscribe and comment. We love hearing from you. Until next time, buy black and live green.